Hey guys, welcome back to We Don't Wanna. Today's episode is going to be a little different as we're joined by some very special guests as we go through the climax of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. We recorded this episode on Zoom, so the audio is going to be a little different than what you're used to. But we had such a fun time talking about all this and we can't wait for you guys to jump into it. So without further ado, here's We Don't Wanna, Harry Potter. Hello and welcome to another episode of We Don't Wanna. This is the podcast where we really, really don't wanna. In every episode, we'll be taking a very reluctant journey through a series that one of us loves and the other, well, that's where the reluctancy comes in. We are your hosts. I am Zach and I am joined as always. He just got done chatting with the Sphinx about a riddle. Scotty Westside. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, that Sphinx, uh, she's a real tricky one. Um, she loves her some good riddles. We had a good time <laughs> chatting it up. Uh, I thought she could give me some good information about Tom Riddle, but she was like, nah, I don't know nothing about that. So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I wish the Sphinx got a little bit more love. Uh, I, I thought that was a really cool part. And then seeing Harry actually have to think about something and actually <laughs> have to concentrate, uh, you know, well for, for something is, is uh, kind of a change of pace for him. So, yeah, it doesn't happen very often. So on today's episode of We Don't Wanna, we found a couple new friends in the Tom Riddle graveyard. They were creeping in the shadows. Join me in welcoming the cast of Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast, Sam and Emily. Thanks, guys. How you doing? Hey. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, I'm proud to be part of this cast. <laughs> yeah, we're the we're cast terrible. and the crew. I, I said cast. Let me, let me redo that. Let me totally redo that. I think you should no, keep it. Just no, I think, I think you should, should keep, keep it. it. All right, all right. You guys are the cast. Who are you the guys? hosts? I've never been introduced, though, as um, coming from Tom Riddle's graveyard, so that is new. Slinking in the shadows. Yeah, yeah. Very, I love how Zach just already is like, these two sneaky sons. <laughs> what are they doing here? Catchy degenerates. Who invited yeah. them? What the hell? <laughs> so listeners, if you're not already familiar, our friends Sam and Emily at Harry Potter and the Half Truck Podcast, uh, they talk about Harry Potter deep dives every single week, and they may or may not partake in a little bit of alcohol at the same time. What are you guys drinking today? I'm being yes. really basic, and I'm drinking... A hard seltzer because that's what I have. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Truly. Oh, nice. Nothing wrong with being basic. Wow. Yeah. So I actually am also being basic, but I'm taking it a degree further with my Alani New Seltzer. Oh, trying for the first time. If oh, you all dang. have not had before, I'm not heard of. Alani New is a brand, it's like a fitness chick or whatever she has pre-workout she also has i think uh, my wife uh drinks her energy drinks yeah yeah so they're super good it's a girl who's actually from kentucky which oh, is right. where i'm from who created this brand and yeah so i'm having that seltzer and i also have a rose on standby so nice <laughs> a backup well drink. alani That's knew we're gonna need those dividends so let's uh let's get this thing rolling <laughs> I, I am also drinking a hard seltzer so we did wow. not plan this, guys. Wow. <laughs> Drink of the week. There yeah, we go. Yeah, Topo Chico spiked sparkling water, exotic pineapple. I have mm. tea. <laughs> I, I, ha, I, ha, I got a tea, guys. 
I love how he was just like, I have tea. I, I, tea. I, got, a, I got a sweet tea. It's very British. Well, not the sweet tea part. As I said, it's well, very British of you. Yeah. Very Listen. Texas of you. It is yeah. very Texas yeah. of me, yes. Um, well, so today we're going to be talking about chapters 31 through 34 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I'll be taking a little bit of a backseat as I let Sam and Emily uh, take the blows and, and hopefully help convert Scott into a uh, tried and tested Harry Potter fan. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Zach is usually terrible at answering the questions that I have and, you know, just generally being aware of general Harry Potter knowledge. So I hope you guys can show him how it's done. And this is a lot of pressure. Well, listen, yeah. <laughs> we'll that's do our what best. I'm here for. Okay, good. We'll try our hardest. I, I feel like before we jump in here, we need to address the elephants in the room. Uh, I am told, we started this discussion a minute ago, but I'm, I am aware that one of us <laughs> is a Ron defender here. And I feel like we just need to have this out now because Ron is not in these chapters, so... What are we doing here if we're not going to talk about Emily defending Ron? <laughs> yeah, I'm a Ron Stan. Um, he's been one of my favorite characters for as long as I can remember. So hearing you were not his biggest fan or a fan at all, yeah. is, I'm just, mm, I'm going to need you to explain that one to me a little well, bit. Well, so um, he's he's a total asshole all the time. And I hate him, basically, is what it comes down to. I, so you are a big fan of Rupert Grint's portrayal of him in particular, correct? No, both. I like both. Both? Okay. Well, yeah. listen, what do I know? Um, I just think he's such a bad friend to Harry, like, all the time. Like, not all the time, but a lot of the time. Her, Hermione is a way better friend. Yeah, Hermione is a way better friend. She's a way like more considerate person. this can be person. acknowledged universally. So... If you go back and listen to our podcast, I feel like even though I am a Ron Stan and as you say, a defender, which I kind of prefer, um, I am also the first to admit when he's being a complete asshole. Like, okay, that's fair. I definitely think he has his downfalls. I think he can be super jealous and I think he can be super stubborn. I also, you know, you have to keep in mind sort of like when this is in his lifetime. So he's literally 11 um when this starts and not only that but he has a lot to live up to he has a bunch of older brothers his mom desperately wanted a girl when she was (laughs) pregnant with him he wasn't a girl he's kind of just like the spare a bit um this this is also yeah i also think that he is a good friend at times, but like I said, he just does, has his downfalls. Yeah. Um, but he always comes back, and that will be important later down the line. We're not going to give anything away, but he always ends up being there when he needs to be. And yeah, he did. He was quick to come back to Harry's side after like the first task, and then he was like, "Oh shit, you actually legitimately could have died." I kind of yeah. feel bad about being a dick about it now. I have a sneaking suspicion that Emily is a Theon fan also. (laughs) (laughs) Emily. Listen, I don't I don't dislike Theon though. There's nothing wrong with Theon. Theon sucks ass, dude. Dude, no, I will I will defend Theon a bit. This is not a Game of Thrones podcast. I feel bad for him. Yeah, I also kind of feel bad for him. Um, But back to Ron, 
I will say we have talked on our podcast before about the Enneagram and Enneagram types. And we mm-hmm. typed Ron as a four, which are the types who struggle the most with feeling inadequate, feeling like something is wrong with them, something is missing mm-hmm. inside of them. They're constantly comparing themselves to others and they're really emotional and sensitive. And as much as that sounds like a crybaby and it's just like sucks to suck, <laughs> That's what it is. I'm also a four, so I can kind of empathize with him. But at the same time, I also can agree with you, Scott, and saying, you know, he is sort of a really bad friend sometimes with how selfish he is. Yeah. And, you know, that just comes with growing up a little bit. Sure. On the other side of the coin, at 11, he did choose to not spend the holidays with his family. He chose to spend it with Harry. He could have gone home. He sacrificed himself on the chessboard. He didn't have to do that. He did. Wow, I, she's he, she's thought of a lot of good defenses. She's had practice with it. That's just book one. <laughs> oh, honey, I'm just at Enneagram one waiting to open. So, yeah, I mean, he does have his downfalls, but I think that's kind of the beauty of the story because the all of the trio has their downfalls, right? Like sure. Hermione can get hyper-focused and super critical. She's also a type one. Um can you, and, can you break that down for us? What is yeah, the Enneagram? The Enneagram? Oh, how much time do you have? <laughs> oh, okay. Brief thing. It's just like yeah, a the personality. There's yeah. nine types. Okay. You can um, listen to our episode about... I'll have yeah, to check. Three, you can. I probably can't, but you can. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, no, I'll, can. I'll give you the, the inside deets. Um, yeah, Zach often brings up the whole, listen, these are kids, these are teenagers when when, you know, sort of defending Ron. And that's, that's something that I have trouble acknowledging because, you know, being, you know, Scott was never a teenager. I was never being a grown ass (laughs) adult. Now I just like these things he does just piss me off. And I fail to realize, yes, I was once that dumb and stupid as well. So. Yeah. And I think that's easy to do, especially reading it as an adult. I think it's very easy to kind of look at his behavior and be like, wow, you're really being an ass, but right. grow up kid. Yeah. You're like, come 13. on, you're 11, get it on. together. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, I think Ron, while he does have his faults, I think he does have a lot of redeeming qualities. And I think in these first few books, it is very easy to look at him and be like, I don't understand the hype around this kid. Like he's right. kind of the worst, but down the line, I think is when he really redeems himself, even though you will get pissed off at him. I promise you probably more than you are right now. Wow. Um, okay. I think that his redemption arc is something that not a whole lot of people focus on because he is one of the protagonists, mm-hmm. um, but he does have one. So Okay. That's interesting. Plus Rupert Grant is an angel. And if you haven't <laughs> listened to the armchair expert podcast with him on it, I recommend it. Uh, I might have to do that. That that is a better defense than Zach has put up for anything thus far. So you have to understand, to I also start. don't like Ron. N- no, I'm <laughs> saying about anything. When I criticize anything, you're always just like, "Well, but magic exists, Scott." Uh, <laughs> so so far, like an Emily and Sam on here a lot. Uh, sorry, buddy, you've been replaced. All right, uh, yeah. just, <laughs> I do want to kind of segue this a little bit. And sorry if you guys don't want to talk about it, but I also noticed when I listened to your previous episode, how you kind of, I I picked up on a little bit that Scott, you may have a soft spot for a certain Professor Snape, which is another hot, hot item 
<laughs> Zach hates hard. That okay, I we can't talk about this. Call us back in a few books. We yeah. can't talk about this yeah. because all of my shit that I'm going to say, I would ruin everything. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I feel like Zach also very much wants to say a lot of bad things when I try to say I like Snape, but he knows he can't because it's like all spoilers. Although, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like up to this point, Snape is pretty shitty. So I that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. I'm curious how you like him because most people like him later down the line when there is kind of a line. So but, S- Scott would be the type of person that would like go tell the teacher if he saw you cheating in that's class. That's not so true. he so he likes that's... people that hold other people accountable. He likes no, people that hold just, grudges. I am also a grumpy old man yes. in a 30-year-old's body just like I feel like Snape is a grumpy old man. And yes, I am that one that yells at kids to get off my lawn and you know, if little shits are being bad in my class, I would give them detention. And also just like, okay, 99% of my Snape love is love for Alan Rickman. Let's be honest here. Like That is, that is fair. Alan Rickman does a beautiful Alan job Rickman. as Snape. Yes. He's, he's incredible. He's like my favorite villain of all time in uh, Die Hard as Hans Gruber. So yeah. <laughs> 99% of it is like, that was like uh, most of what I remember from watching the Harry Potter movies forever ago was just Alan Rickman being Alan Rickman. And I'm like, hell yeah. So... Yeah, his performance is definitely unmatched in the yeah. series. But yeah, I'd I'd wait to profess your love. I'd wait okay. a little bit. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> I'd let it I simmer. Zach is never happy when I talk about that and is always like And and it hurts worse. so bad because there's just so much I can't say. Right. Yeah. Right. There's just so and much. Honestly, I'm like <sighs> I don't think it gets any like I feel like you have your feelings about Snape from mm-hmm. the beginning and for like me I hated him from the beginning because Harry hated him and it did seem like Snape was out to get him and had like an unfair grudge against him and all of the other Gryffindors, which I feel like all of us here, if we're reading the same book, can acknowledge is true. But yes, I had sort of the opposite reaction further down the line where I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. Makes you think a little bit more about Snape, but still hate him. Right. We're, we're getting into that a little bit where, Dumble, you know, is a big defender of Snape. And like in these last chapters, the last one we talked about, not such you a haven't good heard chapter, this ep- by the way. Yeah, you haven't heard this episode go up yet, but we talked about how, you know, Harry is like, hey, Snape was a Death Eater. Why are you defending him? Blah, blah, blah. And Dumble is just like, I can't really talk to you about this. And that was actually my first question for you <laughs> on my list was, what was your reaction to that? Because I can remember the first time I read it being like, what? Snape yeah. is a Death Eater? Yeah, so, I mean, it, it came as a surprise for sure. I wouldn't say it was like a huge, huge surprise because there was a lot going on with like him and Karkarov talking and so yeah. I knew something was up there and it, also uh, Moody talking about like, oh, I know Snape. I know who Snape is. So there was enough breadcrumbs along the way to make me think like he was definitely involved with Voldemort to some extent. Right. Um, but that was still a big moment of more being like, hey, Dumble is like ride or die for Snape. And that, you know, I've had my problems with Dumble, certainly. But uh, Dumble, Dumble. he's, he's also he's also coming back. I'm coming back around big time on Dumble in the last couple chapters. Oh, like, yeah. I was I was way down on Dumble at the beginning, uh, mm-hmm. leaving this poor kid in the freaking hands of the Dursleys. But 
I've I've come way around on on Dumbledore recent. Actually, Ooh, there's there's some good up. stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm, that's what Zach keeps saying. Strap it in. <laughs> I'm always strapping it on. I mean, in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so oh, I I really hope you guys can put up with our teenage boy humor. Oh, it's we fine. did come on a male-driven podcast. It's fine. No, we're uh, good. Excellent. Um, so yeah, I do have a ton of notes. Uh, spoiler alert: a lot happens in these chapters, so we we better dive in. Here. All right. Yeah. What one question before we dive in? Sure. Uh, Sam and Emily, what are what are your houses? I'm a Ravenclaw. Cool. A proud Ravenclaw. And I don't even want to talk to you guys about my house because I already know that Scott thinks that I'm just a <laughs> puffle huff or whatever he jigglypuff, <laughs> a jigglypuff or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm a Hufflepuff. Listen, and I, I am proud I, of it. <laughs> Cedric Diggory by himself has made me come way ra- way around on Hufflepuff. Good, um, he should. I You'll still... meet some other characters eventually too who might okay. help with that, but. My- yeah, it's they get a bad rap, and the, and it, you're right, it is Rowling's fault with how she portrays them. She, she like hates her own house. Zach tells me that's her house ostensibly, but she like <laughs> totally hates them. She 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 has a lot of fun talking shit about them. In, she in her writing on so them. good. Yeah, repeatedly. <laughs> but the thing is, like Hufflepuffs are very loyal, very hardworking, very nice, kind people, and it's just mm. like, I mean. Sorry if that's offensive to anybody. I I wouldn't be in that house for (laughs) sure. Uh, Zach has yet to make me take the test. I'm sure he will try at some point. Scott is absolutely. I'm probably a Slytherin. I already got those Slytherin vibes. And I don't say that as like, hey, like you're a piece of shit. Like you're just that's not an insult. It just like there's a very distinct personality Mm. that a Slytherin has, and. It's not an insult. I mean, you could look at me and be like, she's can, a know-it-all. Like, asshole. of course she's a Ravenclaw. Like, but I just, you know, like I'm married to a Slytherin. So mm, there you go. You know, he's not a Slytherin. As, as soon can... as I heard that, uh, uh, what, what's uh, Jamie? Oh, sh- no, shoot. Why? My favorite wizard of all time. Merlin? Freaking Merlin, thank you. Was a Slytherin. I was like, hell yeah. Ride or die for Slytherin. Let's go, Merlin. <laughs> Um, so anyway, what are you, Zach? Uh, I am a Ravenclaw. Nice. Yeah. So when I, when I took the quiz, like when Pottermore first came out, I was a Ravenclaw. And when I took it a few years ago, I was a Gryffindor. I don't know. Yeah. A little well, above, just, say, just say you're a Gryffindor. So that way we can have a representative here from each house. We can have a full. <laughs> okay, form. fine. I'm a Gryffindor. <laughs> I'm a Gryffindor. Gryffindor. I have strong Gryffindor undertones as well. And I, I have strong <laughs> Slytherin undertones. Mm. So Okay. I don't know how much you've heard me gripe about this before, but can we all agree that <laughs> the Griffin, Gryffindor. yeah, Gryffindor having a line instead of a Griffin is the lamest thing she's ever written no. in this book. Uh, it's kind of like, like the Ravenclaw. Exactly, being an eagle. An eagle. Yes, that also <laughs> no. pisses me off. <laughs> But what you said, you were like, oh, she just copied it from the Lannisters. Yeah. And I will point out that Harry Potter was around before Game of Thrones. So she See, you not- say that, and I, I feel like I should fact check you on that, but I'm too lazy to actually do it. So I don't, I don't, I don't actually, didn't the Game of Thrones, didn't the, first the Game of Thrones book, the book came out? Came out. Early nineties. Oh, I, I don't know when the books came yeah. out. That's and, true. And, and, and he did have like all the sigils and everything like mapped oh, yeah. out. Yeah. 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 Mm. 
Okay. See, I have not gone down the book rabbit hole, but oh, you should. Say, They're real good. <laughs> I, I think I've read the first, but I didn't pay attention to when it came out. Mm, but I will say, I see your point. Mm -hmm. I've thought about it, but also when it comes down to the bravery and the courage and the like mightiness of any animal, what comes to your mind? It has Lions. to be a lion. But griffins are so cool, though. You know, we don't even, I, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but we never even talk about griffins in Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, they have yeah. to exist, right? I mean, freaking hippogriffs exist. Surely there's a griffin. Yeah, no, the, griffins do exist. I think they're in, I think griffin is in Fantastic Beasts, like in the book. I can't remember in the actual Fantastic Beasts textbook. I think there's like griffin statues like gargoyles outside of dumbledore's office oh yeah, yeah pigs right. aren't they pigs? No, that, like the, the hogs are outside of the castle oh okay no you're right but that's pigs? it we're getting, Not the fucking we're getting really school is called hogwarts asshole <laughs> oh yeah i never thought about that <laughs> okay all right should we, all right, should guys, we jump, let's in? jump in uh okay chapter 31 where we last left off was obviously Harry and Dumble just had this big uh, breakdown in his office with the memory stuff. And, you know, Harry asked him all these questions. And like I kind of alluded to, uh, Dumble was like, yeah, I can't talk to you about Snape. That's kind of its own thing. And then it was over. So chapter 31 starts off with Harry telling um, Hermione and Ron. And uh, he also owls serious about everything he saw and talked with Dumble about. Uh, geez, these are private conversations, Harry. Come on, don't just blab everything to everybody here. Um, and then there's just a lot of stuff about preparing for the third task. There, Harry, Harry doesn't say anything about the Neville stuff. He doesn't blab everything. He okay. See, Harry does keep his mouth shut when he needs to. He blabs. Also, I can assure you, if anyone was like, "Don't tell anyone," I'd be like, "Hi, Sam." Yeah, you're that one of those. Uh, that's my brother. Uh, yes. Okay. So he blabs everything specifically except the Neville stuff. Fair enough. He did keep that secret. Um, so yeah, a lot of stuff about preparing for the third task. They're trying to, Hermione's trying to get him to learn all this stuff so he can, you know, survive, I guess. He's pretty good at a, like a stopping, like a freezing curse. It's like a impedimenta. Yeah, that's the mm -hmm. one. Uh, and also one that's like a blast through solid walls, something. And then he learns a spell that points your wands, wand north so he doesn't get lost. Uh, they mentioned that he still sucks at the shield one, though. And I'm like, eh, who needs defense? You just go all offense. Go ham, baby. That's the way to do it. Um, Spoken defense. like a Slytherin. <laughs> defense yeah. is overrated. Uh does it say he still sucks at the Accio spell as well? They don't mention that here. I mean, that was a whole thing with him summoning his broom during the first task. Okay. Uh, but I don't think they mention Accio here. I could be wrong. I didn't make a note of it anyway. So um, they see Malfoy talking into what looks like a walkie-talkie. Hermione's like, no, I can't be that. I told you that bullshit mechanical stuff doesn't work here. And they just ignore it. I, I don't know what is happening here because then Hermione does something similar. I have no idea what's what's going on here. 
Foreshadowing. (laughs) She does something similar. What do you mean? Uh, Well, we'll get to it here in a second. I have a note about it. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Sirius writes back Harry. He says, uh, if Voldemort is really getting stronger again, my my priority is to ensure your safety. But he cannot hope to lay hands on you while you are under Dumble's protection. Take no risks. Concentrate on getting through that maze safely, and then we can turn our attention to other matters. Um, Rita has an article in the paper, the morning of the third task, about <laughs> she's going after Harry. She's like, yeah, this dude's disturbed and dangerous. Uh, she says his scar hurts weirdly, and they're like, how does she know that? Malfoy went and told her that he's a parcel mouth, fucking Malfoy. And then she's also like, yeah, he also associates with giants and werewolves and all this other terrible things. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Harry is like one of the most popular people in the wizarding world. Is like going after him. That That's a bold move, Rita. Is that really like your best idea? Like everyone... I wouldn't say everyone, but like a bunch of the people Harry has met in the wizarding world are like, revere him. They're like, oh, you're Harry Potter. So attacking him seems weird to me. Well, Rita Skeeter is a a mega bitch. So obviously. Yeah, I think think you all nailed it when you were talking about her in the episode that I listened to when we first meet Rita Skeeter. You know, she's slimy really, she, is. she does anything for a headline. Like, you know, yeah. her quick quotes quill. Like, this all is just her quill right in a way. Yeah. She does anything just to make a make some news, but that's yeah. true. She sucks I think, pretty too, hard. this is like important just because it really is kind of the first time Harry's having any criticism from the wizarding world. Mm. And you can see it really does affect him a lot, even though he doesn't want to admit that he does. It does. It like really does kind of like take him down a notch yeah he's that's kind of been a theme for this book is that that's happened like for Mm -hmm. the first time in a lot of ways like hufflepuff for example hated him for a while because they thought he was taking like fame away from his their boy cedric um so yeah harry harry did she also write another article about him with like with her mind and her mind and yeah Yeah, yeah, the whole love triangle thing. That was pretty funny. Um, So, okay, this is very strange. Uh, They're trying to figure out how Rita found out that his scar hurts. And Harry's like, Harry's talking to Hermione here. He's like, you're supposed to be the one who's researching magical methods of bugging. You tell me how she did it. And Hermione's like, I've been trying, but I... And then she, like goes into some weird dreamy trance she's like running her hands through her hair they're like ron and harry are like what the hell are you okay hermione she's like yes (laughs) runs her hand through her hair again then she does the same thing it says she held her hand up to her mouth Mm -hmm. as though speaking to an invisible walkie-talkie harry and ron are just looking at each other like what the fuck is happening here (laughs) and then hermione says i've had an idea I think I know because then no one would be able to see even Moody. She'd have been able to get into the window ledge, but she's not allowed. She's definitely not allowed. I think we've got her. Give me two seconds in the library to make sure. And she runs out. Do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this is typical Hermione being like, oh, I know everything. I got to go. 
Typical uh, Hermione yeah. blue balls, dude. <laughs> she did that this with is typical Hermione boss shit, not blue balls. Like she <laughs> knows she doesn't need them. No, I That's need. True. I need to know. As no. the reader, I'm like Hermione. Tell me. Let's go. Emily is <laughs> mostly right, although it did backfire when she went and got herself paralyzed by the basilisk when she knew everything there was to know about that. And then what was the other thing I was thinking of where this like same thing happened? Um, I mean, literally every book. She she cracks yeah. the code every book. Oh, the yeah. Lupin thing where she knows oh, the right. Lupin's a werewolf and she doesn't tell them because she's oh, that's good. Them. That's good because fuck yeah, Lupin. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, they literally wouldn't last five minutes a day without, without her. her? Yeah. yeah, I've yeah. I've been saying that these entire books. I'm like, these two dipshits would be dead about 30 times over, if not for Hermione. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she she runs off. I'm pretty sure that's the last time we see her in these chapters. I may be wrong, <laughs> but we, we might we, my notes might say are you fucking having a stroke over there i'm having a bit of a strong here uh (laughs) mcgonagall tells harry that the families of the champions will be there to talk with after breakfast harry's like well the dursleys aren't fucking coming so i'm not going in there um but cedric calls him over and surprise mrs weasley and bill are there to see him this is so sweet mrs weasley i love her so much um she's always just delightful uh harry major competition now with his crush bill because he notes that fleur also seems to have the hots for old billy bones as i'm now calling him uh also the portrait lady they make a point about how the portrait lady violet has the hots for billy bones everyone's got the hots for billy bones um this dude must be like just a plus rock star number one Um, he's an attractive man He's yeah. another reason why Ron sucks. <laughs> yeah, dude. Exactly. That's your live, brother? Yes. Like the, the sh- Aaron Carter, Nick Carter phenomenon, okay? <laughs> I don't know who either of those two are, but I believe you. Uh, Scott yeah, lives under a rock. I do. Uh, old Bill is uh, way hot. Fleur, Violet, Harry all have the hots for him. <laughs> Mrs. Weasley says something here about being out of the dorm at four in the morning and bill is like shocked by this she's talking about her time at hogwarts i think and um oh i know why i made a note of this she says your father and i had been for a nighttime stroll he got caught by maybe the greatest name to happen in these books so far apollyon pringle (laughs) (laughs) he was apparently the caretaker which is like filch's job right filch is the caretaker Your father's still got the marks. So apparently this dude like beat him or like whipped him or something. Yeah, this is when um, the caretaker was allowed to physically punish you. Oh, that's right. Filch talks about that, doesn't he? Where he's like, yeah, we used to be able to like chain people Filch doesn't just talk about it, man. Filch like (laughs) really enjoys himself (laughs) thinking about that. He's got like chains and whips just ready to go. He milks his his snake thinking about that. He's into that BDSM (laughs) real big time for sure. Uh, Apollyon Pringle is an amazing, amazing name. I cannot state this enough because Apollyon is like a super badass, like, oh, I'm a demon devil man. And then paired with Pringle, <laughs> which just makes me think of the mustachioed Pringle logo. Uh, great. great fucking name. I love that one a lot. Um, Olamus is pissed at Harry for getting all the attention instead of Cedric which is funny because this is just typical Amos being Amos. Uh, Oh, Harry asks 
Mrs. Weasley and them. What's what's the deal with Percy? And apparently he's being questioned by the ministry about Crouch's orders that Crouch was supposedly sending. They don't think these were legit Crouch's orders. And old uh, <laughs> old Fudge Judge, uh, he's going to be the judge in Percy's place. Fudge Judge. Uh, so we will see him here in a bit, I think. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Weasley is real cold to Hermione until Harry is like, yo, Mrs. Weasley, you didn't believe all that bullshit that was in Witches Weekly, right? She's not my girlfriend. And Mrs. Weasley's like, no, no, of course I didn't. But then she warms up to Hermione. So, <laughs> like, yeah, you did, Molly. Come on, you bought it. Uh, I'm glad she got this record set straight because uh, I like Molly and she she being mean to Hermione is not okay. Um, so they're going. They're going to the final task. The teachers tell them that they're going to be patrolling the perimeter of the maze, looking for a signal if they need help. Uh, Cedric and Harry start at the same time because they're tied for the lead and they head off into the maze. Uh, they run around inside the maze for a bit. For a bit. Harry sees Cedric, who is his robes are like smoking. He had an encounter with Hagrid's blast ended scroots. Uh, he's like, fuck, man, those things are huge. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they separate and run off again. Um, Harry encounters a Nazgul. Uh, he blasts his silvery load at it and uh, <laughs> turns out it's a Bogart. I don't know how he knew that it was a Bogart instead of a real Nazgul, but he deals with it. He does the... Uh, it's because he was stumbling. The Dementor is that, was stumbling. They don't stumble? Like, they is that float. The they thing? float above the okay. ground. Yeah. That's why they're not actually like Nazgul. Okay, fair enough. But they still like had all the powers though, right? Like they could still suck your happiness away or whatever. No, it just creates some of the same effect. Yeah. Mm-mm. You told me it's a ditto, which means they have all the same powers. It's like a ditto. It's <laughs> just, it's not a ditto. It's just it's like one kind of a little bit. Just imagine that, that it's like somebody's fear is Voldemort. A, a Boggart can't be Voldemort, you know? Like yeah. he doesn't have the same power. As right. Voldemort. Okay. But like Fair back enough. in book three, like Lupin was still scared that when Harry it was Harry's turn, Voldemort would come out right. and then all the students would like shit bricks because it would be right. terrifying. Right. Yeah. It, it, I th- yeah, I think Lupin said pretty much exactly that. Like, I don't think it would be good for us to have Voldy in the teacher's room or whatever it was. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so he deals with the Bogar. Uh, also, he has an encounter with the Scroot and then this mist that turns the world upside down that lasted like two seconds. I don't even know what that was about. Uh, then he hears Fleur scream and he wonders if she's out. Um, Harry hears Crumb. Uh, Crucio attacks Cedric on the other side of like the hedge, this hedge maze. That's not cool. And he, no, it's not cool. He blasts his way through the hedge. And I'm like, wait a minute. I, I assumed these were hedges were like magically protected if this is like, if you can magically blast your way through the hedges, you should have been doing this the entire time, Harry. That's like totally defeats the purpose of a maze if you can just go through the walls. Uh, anyway, fair point. That is a fair point. Yeah, but he's uh, Harry Potter, so he wouldn't. He doesn't think, think about, about shit. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> think about this shit, even though he, he does it here. He's all reactionary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is so very yeah. True. 
Cedric's on the ground getting crucioed. Crumb tries to run away. Harry hits him with the old stupefy and knocks him out. The old razzle dazzle. <laughs> he hits him with the old <laughs> razzle dazzle. Cedric does not seem very shaken by being hit by this torture spell. The way that Moody talked about it early on, like, I thought this was like some really rough shit, but Cedric is like, seems totally fine and also spoiler harry gets hit by it later and he seems mostly fine too so this crucio i i'm on the bandwagon of this crucio spell does not impress me this crucio spell is shit i want to jump in here for a second because um i think we're gonna get to it later on when we get Mm -hmm. through the rest of the chapters we're talking about but in your all's episode that we listened to you brought up a point when we were talking about unforgivable curses yeah. specifically with Avada Kedavra and the power behind it and having to mean it. And I thought about this when I was reading because you're right. It just kind of talks about Cedric. He's like twitching on the ground. And later when we see Harry, he's like screaming bloody murder, you know, when no spoilers, whatever Voldemort's doing it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's in these chapters. It's, it's in these chapters. chapters. Fine. I've read it. I it's know. In these chapters. Later on, we see it again, Harry screaming bloody murder. And I just wanted to say that, you know, I feel like maybe we can talk a little bit about the power behind it and also actually meaning it with crumbs, because I do think that you have to, yes, you have to mean it and you have to be intentional, but I also think like you really have to have that skill for it to be as powerful. Yeah, totally. That that makes sense because yeah. even Moody talked about when he was teaching about the curses, like you could all yell about a cadaver at me and I would barely get like a nosebleed. So right. I assume the Crucio one works the same way. I'm impressed like, you remember that like exact quote because that's exactly what he says. I'm amazing. What do you want from me? Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that makes sense that if Crumb didn't have either the skill or like the like the intention or some combination of to do it, you know, it wouldn't hurt Cedric as I, badly. I also wonder, I I never thought about this until you brought this up. Um, but like he, I wonder if there's a, I mean, there has to be a difference between just like getting hit by a blast of Crucio rather than like being like constantly tortured with it. Like, like being held under Crucio. You know what I mean? Like, is there a blast of Crucio? Like, do we ever see someone just I think, like... Well, I think to, Zach means more like if Crumb is hitting you with Crucio or Voldemort hits you once with Crucio versus what happened to Neville's parents where they were literally tortured with this curse. Like, like, right, held like constantly. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, what's the what's the timer on this thing? Like, does it has it like <laughs> what's a the cool down? Sec- what's the cool down? Does it have does it like torture you for like 30 seconds and then it lets off automatically or are people <laughs> like canceling it themselves? <laughs> I, I just want I want to know the real mechanics of this. These spells. To me personally, I think um, just knowing the curse, I think it has a lot to do with ability, like Sam was saying. Mm. Um but also intent a lot about intent sure and i think when a death eater or voldemort casts this we see it with harry where it's very very painful versus crumb um, against a cedric those kind of are more of an even match and 
Cedric was like, what the hell, man? Like, right, stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cedric. Yeah, like, what like are I said, you doing? <laughs> Cedric does not seem super shaken up by this. Like, he gets up and is just like, they're both just kind of like, what the hell, Crumb? Shit. Like, Crumb's obviously knocked out, but they're like, yo, what the hell? I thought we thought we he was cool. Yeah. Fuck him. I think Cedric, he, like, Harry's like, uh, he could get eaten by a by a scroot, and Cedric's like serves him right, asshole, uh, or something to that effect. <laughs> yeah. uh, verbatim, verbatim, exactly. But yeah, Cedric and Harry both decide that they should rescue or send a signal for someone to come rescue Crumb, so he does not get eaten. And so they 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 shoot their their red sparks, and I assume someone comes to get Crumb, but they they break off again. Um, <laughs> Top ten worst way to die: eaten by a scroot. Eaten by a scroot. Shit. I don't know. I assume there's probably some pretty <laughs> shitty ways to die in this world. Also, if Crumb is unconscious, he's not going to feel it anyway. I wouldn't expect. Fair so. enough. Um, <laughs> my entire next note just says Sphinx spiders. Jeez, oh, I'm going to have real trouble saying this. Sphinx spider riddle is real dumb. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> dumb. It's just like and sound it out, part- Harry. <laughs> The best part is Harry runs away shocked by his own brilliance. And yes. like, it's my favorite <laughs> line. He's like, oh, I can't believe I figured that out. That's my favorite, favorite line of this whole book. He's like, what? Like, I yeah. swear he thought he was going to be attacked by this oh, face. <laughs> he definitely did. Uh, he basically, hooked on phonics works for Harry because he basically just sounds <laughs> this riddle out. Yeah. Uh, although... Anyone that see has seen Mega Mind knows the actual correct way to pronounce it is spider. So, <laughs> dude, underrated movie. It's so underrated good. movie. It's very funny. So yeah, he gets past the Sphinx, uh, and then he's just like standing around looking at the cup, and Cedric busts out and starts sprinting ahead of him and is going to beat him to it because uh, Cedric's a cool dude and is much taller and faster than Harry. Um, but speaking of spiders, uh, a big one comes out here and Harry saves Cedric again. He yells, watch out. Uh, they try and attack it. All their attacks like bounce off, but then they like double, double blast it. They give it the old, <laughs> they give it the old double blast. <laughs> and, the double barrel uh, pink eye, dude. The, the good old double barrel <laughs> pink eye. And they knock the spider out. Harry's leg gets all fucked up in the process. I think it got like pincered or something. Um, Harry's like, you're closer. You deserve it. Take the cup. And here they go back and forth for a while. Like, no, Cedric is like, no, you saved me twice now. Uh, you deserve it. And then they're like, nah, but you saved me by telling me about the riddle with the egg. <laughs> and no, but you saved me before that with the dragons. And they're both like trying to be a real noble here. And they argue about it for a while. Uh, um, just to interject here i think this is the perfect example of harry trying to be so humble because he's not even supposed to be here (laughs) versus cedric who is the epitome of a hufflepuff and he's like no 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 no! i insist i insist you take it you take it (laughs) how can i help you take this for yourself how can i help you win (laughs) i think cedric is like legitimately humble while harry is like just trying to be cool yeah yeah isn't there some like there's 100%. some like inner dialogue of like Harry, like, like actually like picturing himself like winning and yeah. the yeah. glory. When he gets down to him and Cedric, he's like, oh, I could actually fucking win this. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. the whole thing is, and I have this here, he thinks about Cho a lot. It's all about Cho when it comes down to <laughs> At Harry. At this point, 
Mm-hmm. He's like, the mm-hmm. only reason he's even thinking about taking it is because he thinks this will make Cho his instead of Cedric. And that's why he's like, <laughs> well, he oh, even says, he's like, he's going to beat me to the cup, just like he beat me to yep, ask yep. Cho to the cup. That's, like, exactly. that's what you're so thinking good. about right now, Harry. You just got attacked yes. by a spider. <laughs> he's got it so bad. And your leg Cho. is fucked, but you want to win that cup for Cho. But I also think that he does, I mean, he's a Gryffindor. He likes having that victory. He likes having that little bit of just, we talk about this on our podcast too. Like, yes, Harry's like, oh, fuck, I hate all the attention. I hate all, you know, but he also kind of really enjoys being like the savior of the fucking universe. (laughs) At the end of the day, Harry is still a Gryffindor and Harry is still James Potter's son. And he's going to love the glory. He's a champion. He's a champion. Okay. He he definitely loves it. He yeah, likes to pretend. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely loves the glory. He tries to pretend that he doesn't, but he he wants it mainly so so he can get his show on. But you know, um, <laughs> Harry finally suggests that they grab it at the same time, and Cedric's like, "Okay, that's cool," and they do. They grab it on three and are transported somewhere. I had here in my note. This is probably a port key. And then at the start of chapter 32, it's like, yeah, this is a port key. So I'm like, yes, I nailed it. I'm fucking <laughs> awesome at this Harry Potter stuff. Means you're a true Harry Potter fan. Now. That's apparently what that means. Yeah. Um, okay. Chapter 32. Is this, I think this is the kind of shorter one. Um, yeah. Yeah. The next few are kind so of short. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll get through this here. Uh, so they end up in some creepy graveyard and they're like, what the hell is going on? Uh, a figure holding what appears to be a baby, it's like a, in a little bundle of joy, uh, comes up and then Harry's scar explodes in pain. He like falls down super far, super, super fucked up. Uh, he hears a voice, a high cold voice saying, kill the spare, a swishing noise and a second voice which screeched the words to the night, abracadabra and a blast <laughs> of green light. He heard something heavy fall to the ground beside him. The pain in his scar reached uh, such a pitch that he retched. Uh, he opened his eyes, terrified of what he was about to see. He opened his eyes. Cedric was lying spread eagled on the ground beside him. He was dead. Uh, this sucks. I was really starting to like Cedric, especially when Zachy told me he was played by Robert Pattinson. And I love Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah. Um. I'm going to save what I have to say about this until the end of this chapter. Um, But this sucks a lot. I, I do not like this and I will explain (laughs) my reasons once we get through this chapter. Uh, So the figure grabs Harry, slams him up against Tom Riddle's gravestone. He does the old bondage spell on him, um, ties him up. He realizes that it's Pettigrew. Um. Then he realizes what's in the little bundle of joy because he's like, oh, my scar's hurting again. It must be Voldy. Uh, <laughs> and then Pettigrew drags an enormous cauldron over and just starts cooking himself some nice supper. Um, <laughs> he's just, you know, have, having Martha Stewart moment over here. He, it's uh, throwing all these ingredients in. Maybe it's a nice snake milk stew. I don't know. <laughs> um, love some good snake milk for Voldy. Uh, uh yikes buddy <laughs> yeah so so yeah the, the the reveal of boldy here they finally like 
take off the cloak and they described him. This this thing is gross. Uh, hairless and scaly looking, a dark, raw, reddish black. Its arms and legs were thin and feeble. Uh, and its face, no child alive ever had a face like that. Flat and snake-like with gleaming red eyes. This thing is real. It's the, uh, it's the child that Daenerys uh, gave birth to. Mm. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, definitely. Um, Don't I'm like kinda... that. <laughs> Don't like that. Don't like that. Not a fan. <laughs> um, he tosses the gross thing into his supper, um, into his snake milk stew. He summons like some bone dust from the Tom Riddle grave. And then he just cuts his damn hand off, tosses it in too. Um, he's like, yeah, this will make this real good stew. Uh, then he comes over, gets some of Harry's blood, throws that in too. This is shaping up to be the best snake milk, milk stew ever. I got to say, uh, this sounds delightful. And just the way mom used to cook it. Just the way Voldy's mom used to make it. Pettigrew co- collapses, uh, but still manages to. This is imp- this is maybe the most impressive thing Pettigrew has ever done. He managed to one-handed dress his little cauldron baby uh, in robes. <laughs> I don't know how he managed that. That sounds extremely difficult. And Voldy is like fully back. He's like back in black. He's back in town, baby. He's he's here and he's he's ready to fuck. He's um, here to fuck, dude. Yeah, he's reborn. Um, and that's the end of that chapter. Like I said, that one pretty short. Here's Is my there, thing. I want to hear your thoughts because I have thoughts. We, we all have thoughts, I'm sure. But this, I I am so disappointed in the way she chose to kill Cedric. If if you want to have Cedric there. And have him be like this, you know, sacrificial lamb, if you will, to like really hammer home how serious this situation is. Fine. But to have fucking Pettigrew kill him? Pettigrew sucks, dude. Pettigrew sucks so bad. And like he has constantly been portrayed as just like this worthless coward who can't do anything right. And then Zach, you built up the abracadabra curse as like this super crazy thing that like you had to be like, you had to have real intent and murderous intent and power behind it to actually do it. And I'm like, Pettigrew fucking doesn't have intent to do anything but suck and be a coward. There is no way. Uh, he has intent to continue to to milk Voldemort's snake. <laughs> So he's going to do what he says. Yeah. I also it. wrote a note about this when I was reading about you know, Wormtail being portrayed this whole time about not being a powerful, like Voldemort even calls him not a powerful wizard. And of course he comes out and Wormtail kills him, just kill the spare. But to your point about the way that Cedric was murdered it's like, yes, it sucks, but I also think that it was written that way to show just how deeply Voldemort does not value human life. A hundred percent. I'm totally fine like, with is that. so disposable. This but, like, moment, why didn't he do it himself? Like, the, we he know didn't he have can a wand. do it. He couldn't hold it. He's a, he's a baby person. He's a baby. But didn't um, he kill old Frank? I'm sure he did. And he killed Bertha for sure, too, because... Even Pettigrew, because I thought about this, Pettigrew says, you didn't have to kill her. You didn't have to kill her, bro. We could have just used a memory charm on her. And Bully's like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't have his wand. He doesn't have his wand because he's going into the stew. 
Pettigrew has the wand and at this point he is not anticipating that Cedric would have been there so Cedric okay, being there is a surprise fair. to him and he's just like oh get yeah what the fuck is he doing here get rid of him yeah. like, he of doesn't him. have time to kill him himself and and also <laughs> I, like, I I'm the farthest thing from a Pettigrew defender but also let's not forget this dude blew up 13 muggles which I mean, also like, wasn't like, the that this is maybe your fault then Zach because the when we talked about the unforgivable curses you were like and I was like dude how is this abracadabra so OP like you can't block it why are people just spamming this shit constantly you were like no no it requires like serious murderous intent and like you yeah, have to be so powerful no, no, no. I said specifically and... you have to you have to be able like you have to actually mean it right so how does he mean it when Pettigrew has been portrayed as such a cowardly, worthless sack of shit that okay. can't do jack. Also, if he can really just like willy-nilly abracadabra someone, why didn't he fucking kill uh, some of the others when he got freed at the end of book three? So here, he want to kill his friends. Here's my take. Here's my take. <laughs> Lupin's. Well, this I guess moment Lupin was his friend. This moment is, we've talked about this before on our podcast. This is the pivotal moment where this series turns from a children's story to a not a children's story. It is completely the most pivotal. This chapter is the most pivotal chapter of the entire series, in my opinion. This is when shit starts to actually get real. Mm -hmm. And while there are other chapters that are very important, this is when shit really like hits the fan. And Harry realizes like, my life's about to get even worse so <laughs> in fact i may die that, today. yeah in fact i might not make it through this night um also yes the way cedric dies is terrible but what Se- sam said it is very much to illustrate the lack of respect for human life that voldemort has he looks at him as like whatever but also despair. i'll say yeah. this i'll say this so we had a marauders prequel episode and we started talking about Peter Pettigrew's character. And he is portrayed to be this little like lump of a boy who follows them all around right. and is nothing. But he made himself an animagus as a teenager. Like he's a talented wizard. Well, but he is very much under the radar to the point where he just wants to prove his, himself. His lack that's of belief what's in most himself. important. That's what's most important to him is to looking important and to saving his own ass. So his intent behind the Avada Kedavra spell is not to like, well, I think it is to kill, obviously, but it is mostly to impress his master and to keep himself alive to the point where he doesn't give a crap. I can buy that a little bit. But they did, Sirius and Lupin at the end of book three, like specifically said like, no, yeah, Pettigrew had no shot to be an animagus if we didn't like fucking basically walk him through everything. Like we basically had to. They hold they, his they put hand training the wheels on him for, way. It, yeah. for sure. Which <laughs> which I think is why he didn't try to kill Sirius and Lupin or yeah. fight them at least, and because he's afraid of them because he, he knows he would lose. He's afraid of Voldemort too. I'm not saying he's some like grand wizard at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I think that everyone really underestimates his need to be desired and his need to be and feel important and in this moment he is walking on clouds he feels like he's the most important person 
because he's helping Voldemort. Well, I don't know. He, he knows he's about to have to cut off his own hand and he's, he can't be too excited about that. <laughs> no, but um, he knows he's going to get rewarded for that. Or at least that's what he thinks. Well, he hopes he also like, we'll see in the next chapter. He, he also still kind of thinks that Voldy's just going to dispose of him, but I don't know. I just, I, I would have felt so much better about it if Voldy had just done it himself because I know he killed Bertha and I'm pretty sure they didn't make it super clear when Harry had his dream, but I'm pretty sure he killed Frank too. Um, it's, I well, just, Zach said he wasn't holding his wand. Yeah. yeah. He was expecting wand, a like, spare to be there. He was just expecting Harry to win. I really am going to pin this on Zach then because Zach, you made a abracadabra out to be like, because I asked you, I was like, why, why aren't the dark wizards just like, firing off this shit if it can't be blocked or countered in any way just constantly no just no, no. Like, you you specifically said why isn't everybody why well, isn't everybody everybody i mean by the dark wizards obviously i don't expect good wizards to do it yeah i don't know i don't i mean i guess i don't have an answer for that i i just found this incredibly lame because Pettigrew is incredibly lame and i just him killing Cedric. I'm totally fine with Cedric dying. Like you've built him up to be this cool, likable character. It is a cool pivotal moment, like that shows like shits for real to have him die here. I just don't like the way it was done. And that's that's fair. I can accept that. I mean, yeah, it was Tell it's a very ass. traumatic moment in the series. And you know, the first time I ever read these books, like I, I put them down after this chapter because i was like this is a lot and why you would kill off a like a 15 16 year old boy like this is like absurd yeah and i totally see your point from that well it's also just so shocking because yeah yeah, definitely it's so sudden it's just like they just got the cup that is the thing they're in the graveyard and whoa what the fuck now he's dead right you tell me it's wormtail Right. Yeah, so it's just a lot at once. The, the sudden, like, I can't even process how he died, why he died, anything. The sudden, the suddenness with which it happened, I, I definitely like appreciate because it's it's very, it's like surprising and it really hits you as a reader. And that that was mm-hmm. well done. It was just like once I realized, like, wait, no, Voldy told him to do it. He didn't do it himself. So I guess uh, this is kind of jumping ahead to what's happened here. Pettigrew must be using Voldy's wand to do this, but he also has his own wand. Yeah, he's I, he's just hanging on to Voldemort's wand while yeah. this whole thing is going on. I kind of find that a little bit convenient because we know he has his own wand because we see him using it later. I mean, he's not he's not holding Voldemort's wand because he needs it. He it's just like, hey, hang on to this while you fucking cook me. Well, <laughs> well, it was in. Voldy's robes when he dressed him so I just I that's a little convenient that oh we have to have Cedric little shade come out of this wand too so this has to be him using Voldy's wand I guess it can't be Pettigrew I don't know I'm nitpicking you are I know. really getting in the weeds listen here, I really really <laughs> did have a problem with this because Pettigrew fucking sucks he, and he Cedric does. was rad the, the only reason I'm okay with except- like my least favorite character of the entire series because he's he's literally he's a piece of shit he is yeah i think he just i don't know i honestly think peter pettigrew's lack of respect for human life is also super apparent i mean he was willing to turn in his quote-unquote best friends he doesn't give a crap if he's gonna turn them in 
he's going to kill a teenager and he's going to mean it. I mean, and, his whole thing is, you know, whatever gives him the best chance to survive and thrive. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the only re- they talk about how the only reason he joined Voldy because he was so sure that Voldy was going to come out on top of, you know, 100 percent. So, yeah. I mean, he was willing to kill 13 people and cut off his finger just to survive as a rat for years. Of course, he's going to be willing to kill one person and cut off his hand to be rewarded by Voldemort forever. Like, he's. Yeah. Done. We won, Scott. Fuck off. (laughs) Again, I'm going to say this is your fault because. Like, I'll take it on the chin. Yeah, either way. Anyway, um, okay. Chapter 33. This one I have a ton of notes, a ton, a ton of notes for because I thought there was actually a lot of good, interesting stuff I wanted to touch on in here. Um, It starts with Boldy feeling up his new body very creepily. Um, he's just like feeling himself. It's very weird. Uh, Tom Riddle's a weird motherfucker, dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the snake is back. It's circling around Harry. Um, Voldy pulls out his wand, casually tosses Pettigrew over by Harry. His and... first thing he does with his new <laughs> yeah, strength he's, again he's just is like, like tosses my wand works. I can yeah. throw people. Uh, Voldy tells him to hold out his arm and. Pettigrew's like, oh, thank you, thank you, master. He holds out his stump because he thinks he's going to fix it. And Voldy just laughs at him. He's like, no, your other arm, douchebag. Uh, <laughs> he says that verbatim, I'm pretty sure. Um, then pretty he bends... Much. Yeah, pretty much. He he pulls out his other arm, uh, pulls up his sleeve, and he's he's got this, like, a tattoo, like a red tattoo, which is the same thing as, like, the dark mark we saw in, like, the the first like chapter seven or whatever it was um a skull with a snake protruding from its mouth the image that appeared in the sky at the quidditch world cup the dark mark um he says it is back they will all have noticed and now we shall see now we shall know he touches it and harry gets like all pain in his scar again and the 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 mark on Pettigrew's arm turns black and Voldy's like, ah, now we'll see how many will be brave enough to return when they feel it and how many will be foolish enough to stay away. And this is where we get Voldy, uh, you know, um, Voldy's doing his typical bad guy, uh, you know, talking because he's so sure he's, he's won here. Um, He's, he's, reminiscing about his his fam um he's like yeah you see that house is where my mother and father used to live uh my mother was a witch fell in love with him but he abandoned her when she told him what she was he didn't like magic left her returned to his muggle parents before i was even born and she died giving birth to me i don't think i knew that yet i think that's new information um leaving me to be raised in a muggle orphanage but i vowed to find him i revenged myself upon him that fool who gave me his name tom riddle so they're both tom riddle um which again i (laughs) i would just like to point out if he hates his father so much why he uses the anagram as part of his name is just still so stupid to me like choose yourself a whole new name buddy if you hate your dad and his name so much um and then a bunch of asshole 
I, listen, I think I'm this just... is just Voldemort sucking his own dick. I'm like, oh, I'm just such a fucking oh, brilliant motherfucker. You know, like, he, is, he is real high on himself right now. He's still it just gets worse, up. too. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, him going around this circle here, just like putting putting these motherfuckers in their place is also kind of funny. Um, but so, yeah, a bunch of Death Eaters start red jumpsuit apparating in. And uh, they all crawl up and kiss Voldy's robes, which is real, real weird and creepy. Uh, but they're like all these gaps in the circle. And Harry notices like they're waiting for more people. Voldy's like, nah, this is everybody. Uh, he so then he kind of starts. Yeah, he kind of starts doing this Voldemort family reunion shit. Uh, he's like, welcome. 13 years, 13 years since we last met. You yet you answer my call as though it were, it were yesterday. We are still united under the dark mark then, or are we? And then he sniffs around with his weird snake nostrils and he's like, I smell guilt. There is a stench of guilt upon the air. Um, he's oh man, he's in full like I'm the hottest shit around, and I'm gonna like make my puppets dance here a little bit in squirm mode. Uh how how could they have believed I would not rise again? They knew they who knew the steps I took long ago to guard myself against mortal death, they who had seen proofs of the immensity of my power, uh when I was mightier than any wizard living. Perhaps they believed a still greater power could exist, one that could vanquish even Lord Voldemort. Perhaps they now pay allegiance to another. Perhaps that champion of commoners of mudbloods and muggles. Uh, that's a real good intro there for <laughs> Albus Dumbledore. Um, and yeah, he he starts going around the circle and just, <laughs> just toying with these mofos. He almost uh, has a, a Darth Vader quote there for a second when he talks about how he finds like their <laughs> lack of faith and disappointment. Faith I get, yeah. yeah, I get that every single time. That if is he could good. literally force choke these people, he would. <laughs> I mean, he crucios some of them. That's basically yeah. their version of the force choke. Um, yeah, a Death Eater named Avery falls down and begs for forgiveness. Voldy's just like, nah, Crucio. Uh, <laughs> he tells him he wants, yeah, he says he wants 13 years repayments for the 13 years that this guy like didn't believe in him or whatever. Uh, he shits on Pettigrew for a minute and then he says that he did help him get back his body and he will be rewarded for it. He conjures him up a new sh shiny silver robot hand. Uh, just pulls that shit out of nowhere and plops it on his stump. Uh, and now Pettigrew's like, thinks he's cool again. He's like, yeah, that's right. I did help him get his body back. And he gave me a robot hand. Look at me. I'm so cool. Uh, <laughs> Is that not what you would say? I, yeah, if I had a robot hand, I'd be like, <laughs> can I like shoot it? <laughs> Does it shoot lasers? Does it do anything cool? Does it do cool <laughs> shit? Like crushes a stick into dust. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He does. I forgot about that. He does like crushes uh, uh, a branch into like powder. And I'm like, <laughs> you think you're so cool, man? Uh, that's like the only. If that's the only thing his shiny new robot hand can do, I'm not impressed. Um, here, Voldy's talking to our boy Lucius. He calls him my slippery friend, which is real gross. 
Uh, I am told that you have not renounced the old ways, though to the world you present a respectable face. You are still ready to take the lead in a spot of muggle torture, I believe. So this dick was a muggle torturer. Fucker. Uh, yet you never tried to find me, Lucius. Your exploits at the Quidditch World Cup were fun. So it was indeed Malfoy's parents at the World Cup. Uh, or at least his dad. Um, might your might not your energies have been better directed toward finding and aiding your master? Uh, which is a good point. It's like, yeah, you were dicking around at the World Cup thinking you were all cool, but you sure weren't looking for me, were you, asshole? Uh... <laughs> Lucius is like, oh, my lord, I was constantly on alert, I swear. Uh, had there been any sign from you, any whisper of your whereabouts, I would have been at your side immediately. Nothing could have prevented me. And Voldy cuts him off here and is like, yeah, and yet you ran from my mark when a faithful Death Eater sent it into the sky last summer. Uh, and Lucius is like, oh, shit, he knows about that. Yeah, goddamn. And uh, Bully's like, yeah, yeah, I do know, bitch. You have disappointed me. I expect more faithful service in the future. So he lets him off easy. Lucius is like, of course, of course, of course. You are merciful. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so yeah, I. this is interesting because he says specifically a faithful Death Eater sent it into the sky last summer. I'm pretty sure my theory was, this has been so long now, but I'm pretty sure my theory was that the Bagman had shot the uh shot up the death mark and i still think I th that might I think, be true i think you said it, i think you thought it was oh no, no no you you did say it was bagman no i thought it was the bagman um the bagman <laughs> i don't know if he ever achieved like full death eater status like the way they talked in his trial he was just feeding information to them but that could have been a lie i guess i don't know this is this is still interesting um anyway he keeps going around. Uh, he talks about how the Lestranges should stand here, but they are entombed in Azkaban. They were faithful. They went to Azkaban rather than renounce me. When Azkaban is broken open, he literally says Azkaban about 30,000 times here. <laughs> uh, the Lestranges will be honored beyond their dreams. <laughs> I've talked about this a bunch, how, uh, in the, especially in the last book, the Nazgul seem like evil-ass motherfuckers. And Voli's totally like, yeah, no, they definitely are. He says, the Dementors <laughs> will join us. They are our natural allies. We will recall the banished giants. Uh, I shall have all my devoted servants return to me and an army of creatures whom all fear. He's so calling the Vol banners. He's calling the banners. He's <laughs> like, prison break time. We're going to fucking bust open Azkaban. And then all the guards will join us and also the giants. And who who knows all what else this, this fucker is going to have um then He's we get getting to the band back together he is getting the band back together <laughs> big time we get to mcnair who immediately i was like i know that name and i did remember you'd be proud of me zach i remembered that he he's the executioner guy right good show was, the, <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh that was supposed to kill the hippogriff um he apparently was a death eater uh because yeah voldy's like yeah you were destroying dangerous beasts for the ministry of magic uh, you shall have better victims than that soon. Lord Voldemort will provide. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, hey, you sick of killing creatures and want to kill some humans? Cool. <laughs> Stick with me, buddy. I got gotcha. you. Uh, this fucker. Um, and then there's these two fatties. Uh, says 
Lord Voldemort moved on to the largest hooded figures. Uh, you will do better this time, will you not? Crab and Goyle. I'm assuming this has to be like Crab and Goyle's fathers. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. think this is Correct. actually them. Yes. I didn't know that was their last names, I don't think. But that's what I assumed. Yeah, Vincent Crab, Gregory Goyle, and they are the spitting images of their fathers. <laughs> Look at her rattle off those names. <laughs> Zach could have never have done that. Um, I'm sure you could have. <laughs> I could have, asshole. <laughs> uh, these two seem like just as dumb as their sons. They're like, oh, yes, master. Uh, we're, we're great. Thanks. Good to see you again. Um, same goes for you, not. I don't know who this is. Um, and oh yeah that's why i had this down this is real funny this not dude is like my lord i prostrate myself before you i am your most faithful and voli just cuts him off mid-sentence that'll do and just moves on and i thought that was real funny because he does not give a shit about this guy he just cuts him off he's like yeah you're fine that'll do get out of my face <laughs> that'll do pig yeah that'll do on. pig it is a real that'll do pig moment um and he's he's this is a big circle he keeps going six missing death eaters here three dead in my service one too cowardly to return he will pay one who i believe has left me forever he will be killed of course and one who remains my most faithful servant and who has already re-entered my service uh the death eater stirred and harry saw their eyes dart sideways at one another through their masks he is at Hogwarts, that faithful servant, and it was through his efforts that our young friend arrived here tonight. Okay, I do want to pause here and unpack this a little bit. I have, I'm, I'm trying to parse this out in my mind. I have theories, I guess. Let's go. So, one too cowardly return to return. Okay, okay. Let me let me back up. The one that's like in his service at Hogwarts. I feel like they want me to think that that's Snape, but I don't think it is. I think that's a... Well... Because my first thought immediately with this was, I was like, it's got to be Karkaroff. But then I was like, no, I actually think he might be the one who's too cowardly to return or the one who is left forever. No, I think I think that... <laughs> The look I'm on not sure Sam's how we can play in here. I know. The look on Sam's face is just like... <laughs> yes, mm-hmm, yes. Figure it out. We uh, can't say anything. I know. It's like a mom like, like a helping her, her yeah, son exactly. like get through a math problem. You will like, get okay. there. Okay. But I can't tell you. Don't forget to carry the one, sweetie. Uh, <laughs> maybe Snape is the one who has left him forever. I don't know. I so uh, definitely Snape and what I do know for sure is Snape and Karkaroff <laughs> are two of these three. I just don't know which two of the three they are, and who would the third one be? Who else is evil at Hogwarts? <laughs> uh, man, this is so fun. <laughs> I love this, but it's also. So hard. It's so hard, that's, that's guys. Problem, you feel Zach my pain. Um, so we can't. I mean, yeah, we we can't yeah, really listen, tell you. This so, is, but you're on the right track. This is me just speaking to the ether and giving thoughts to my uh, or giving voice to my thoughts. Uh, 
so yeah, anyway, he says like, yeah, my faithful servant at Hogwarts is uh, basically, it's through his efforts that our young friend arrived here tonight. Uh, Harry Potter has kindly joined us for my rebirthing party. One might go so far as to call him my guest of honor. Harry's like, oh, thanks, man. Um, he doesn't do that. Uh, man, I can't stop thinking about this now. Who is the third one? I feel like I'm forgetting everyone that's at Hogwarts right now. It has been so long since we actually, since I read a lot of these chapters. We took several weeks off. Oh, man. No, I'll think about it later. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so now he's talking about, uh, he's like, you all know that on the night I lost my powers in my body, I tried to kill him. His mother died in the attempt to save him and unwittingly provided him with the protection I admit I had not foreseen. I could not touch the boy. Uh, his mother left upon him the traces of her sacrifice. This is old magic. I should have remembered it. I was foolish to overlook it, but no matter, I can touch him now. Dumble talked with this about this with Harry at one point about how, yeah, it was like a very old magic that basically like protected Harry from, I think, was it this at the end of the first book when the Quirrell yeah. situation yeah. happened? Um, so yeah, Voldy's basically like, Oh shit, man! That's that ancient ass magic. I forgot about it. How could I forget? Um, but yeah, no matter, now, no matter. Yeah, uh, he's he's like touching his creepy hands to Harry's face in like the creepiest way possible. This, this dude's such a weirdo. Dude, Ralph Fiennes does such a good job being a fucking creeper, dude. <laughs> I believe that because I love I love Ralph Fiennes. He is great. Um, he's like I miss. Oh, I died at your crucial. <laughs> i really want to hear him say that now because it sounds amazing uh he's like yeah i miscalculated my friends i admit it good of voldy here to admit his own mistakes um he's like my curse was deflected by the woman's foolish sacrifice and it rebounded upon myself uh nothing could have prepared me for it. the pain i was ripped from my body less than spirit but still i was alive what i was i don't even not know um, but I've gone further than anybody along the path that leads to immortality. He says, like, you know, my goal to conquer death. And now it was tested and it appears that one or more of my experiments had worked. So apparently before he died, that he was experimenting with things to like prolong his life. And he's like, I don't know which one of them worked or if it was several of them. I don't know, but apparently they worked. So I wasn't dead. And. He's like, but yeah, I didn't have a body. I couldn't help myself. I didn't even have, oh, I, anything, any spell that might have helped me required the use of a wand. And he obviously couldn't use a wand. He says the only power he had was to possess bodies, but he was still scared of the magical hit wizards patrolling around and animals can't do magic. He's like, yeah, I could possess animals, but they're shit at magic. Um, I've but... I, this does bring up a point, I'm sorry, that I haven't really thought about before. What's that? What happened to his wand? If he can't hold his wand, he can't take it with him. How did he get it back? That's a good question. Because one would think it would have just, like, dropped in the Potter house, I guess, mm -hmm. when he got... But also, like, how did... Okay, so... Is there... Wait, hold on. Sam, is there is there lore that I don't know about that? Or are you actually... 
Because I don't know. I'm, no, she's I'm bringing actually up a asking. I'm asking if I'm, and Emily can maybe correct me, but I don't remember ever hearing about anyone gathering up Voldemort's wand for him and like holding it. I could be totally yeah, mistaken, how did but I'm not remembering. It? Yeah, I'm not remembering Voldemort eventually either. have it. And the wand is obviously, we'll see it in the next chapter, such an important link to Harry, right? Because they have the twin it's cores. It's obviously still the same. I don't know if we know that yet. It's obviously still the same wand that well, he all used. all of Ander told us they had twin yeah. cores in the first one. Yeah, right, right, okay. Right. Um, yeah, so it's the same wand, obviously. Yeah. My thought okay. is that a Death Eater want to collect it. I mean, that, that sure. fits, but... But, well, so also, so, how did his spirit or whatever get all the way to Albania if he died in the Potter household in, I assume, like England somewhere? Did you just float his ass over there? I don't know how that works. Yeah, uh, very <laughs> slowly. Can't, he can't operate without a wand, right? You said that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's... Yeah, Zach. Yeah, Look, riddle man. me this. Tom, riddle me this. I'm just going to take a real big <laughs> sip here. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, anyway, back to the notes here. Uh, dumbass Quirrell apparently wandered into the forest at some point, and Voldy's like, "Ah, oh, shit, yeah, this is my chance. This guy sucks. Uh, but, so yeah, that's when, obviously, the shit in the first book happened, and he went to Hogwarts to get the Sorcerer's Stone, but Harry foiled him again. Um, what I guess I don't understand is the magic that was protecting Harry that his mother put on him, like was still active and still protected him in that moment. But now like the magic has like run out and it's like no longer protecting him here. Mm -hmm. Is there more to this? I just don't know about yet. Um, I, think I mean, you saw it, on it when he, when he has his blood now. So since that, yeah. magic Oh, that's was, like, right. And it wasn't Voldemort wasn't like full. He was still leaving, sure. leading like a half life, feeding off of Quirrell. So it wasn't truly Voldemort. That's I, true. I do, I do think though, uh, Emily. I, I do think that it would still be the same though, because um, the the whole the whole thing that like repels him is like how evil he is. Can't, can't touch something as pure and you know as as the the love that Sam's is, like, protecting right. Her. He did mention, I just didn't put it in my notes, something about having Harry's blood like gives him right. like, immunity to the to the spell now. That's right. I mm -hmm. forgot about that. Um, he leveled up. Yeah, he got a big power up. Uh, he went that down That was that. the whole, I can touch you now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, real, yeah, man. Creep ass. I want you to watch uh, this movie so, <laughs> <laughs> so Um. So, yeah, so uh, he retreats, he floats his ass back over to Albania, apparently, then at this point. And um, this is when Wormtail uh, finds him. He says, Wormtail has a curious affinity with rats. His filthy little friends told him there was a place deep in an Albanian forest that they avoided, where small animals like themselves had met their deaths by a dark shadow that possessed them. Um, Pettigrew brought him Bertha and he got all the info out of her and then killed her. And so, yeah, he, he wanted Harry's Potter blood, blood of the one that had stripped me in my power 13 years ago. Uh, oh, here it is. I did make a note about it for the lingering protection. His mother once gave him would then reside in my veins too. So actually the way he frames it there makes it more sound like 
he gets protection the same type of protection because he's got harry's blood here that harry has i don't know i don't know is that what it means <laughs> shut up zach i hate you <laughs> <laughs> um and here, okay, so this is interesting. I've griped a lot about the Dursleys, and here we get a little bit of, I guess, insight as to why Dumble would do this here. Zach, very happy that I finally know this. Uh, he has been better protected than I think he even knows, protected in ways devised by Dumble long ago when it fell to him to arrange the boy's future. He invoked ancient magic to ensure the boy's protection as long as he, in, he is in his relations care not even I can touch him there. And I'm like, oh, that's such a weak excuse. But fine, I'll accept it. Uh, I guess his godfather doesn't count. It has to be blood relatives or something. You're Zach, you're constantly talking about how clever Dumble is and making up all these new magics. I don't care, Dumble. Just make it work that he doesn't have to be with the Dursleys. Just figure it out, Dumble. Figure it out. Um. That's fair. I'll accept that. Yeah. Well, I uh, think he specifically needed like Lily's blood relative. Sure. And to, it makes sense that it's his carry mother's, on the blood magic his mother's sister too. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, because we've talked about like, ha isn't there some Potter somewhere that's right. alive that could have taken baby Harry in? Like, <laughs> one would think some very distant fifth cousin twice removed somewhere still has to be out there. Right. But yeah it's all but, about the blood but instead we get the dursleys um so yeah here he's talking about um his faithful death eater station at hogwarts again he used bertha joykin's information again uh to ensure that the boy's name was entered into the goblet of fire use my death eater to ensure that the boy won the tournament that he touched the triwizard cup first the cup which my death eater had turned into a port key which would bring him here beyond the reach of Dumbledore's help and protection and into my waiting arms. Um, wait, hold the phone. What are you thinking, thought, buddy? I just thought of something. What? What is it? Use my Death Eater to... <laughs> I don't like the way all of you are looking at me so expectantly. <laughs> Literally all three of us <laughs> are like lean forward. Are <laughs> uh, you get it? Use my Death Eater to ensure the boy won the tournament. Who has helped him win the tournament? I suppose it's, well, it's certainly not Karkle. He keeps giving him low scores. One of the other. It's Percy, isn't it? Not kidding. Percy is a <laughs> um, wish it well. <laughs> if Mr. Crash told him eater. that Voldy was good, he would believe it. Um, man, it's Dumble. Dumble helped him a lot. No, I'm kidding. Who are the? I can't even think of who the other judges. I, I mean, the Bagman has tried to help him a lot. Although every time Harry's just like, "No, nah, I'm good, bro." And maybe it's the Bagman. Moody's helped him out a lot too, but I, I that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. This is so <laughs> hard. <laughs> I think it's got to be. Just keep reading. We're going to keep yeah, moving on. Yeah. I geez, can't I wait to tune into the chapters. next episode. Yeah. <laughs> You'll hear it in like a month. Um, <laughs> it's, 
it's I it's gotta be the bag man because he does he did keep <laughs> trying to help Harry and every time Harry was just like ah, I'm good I, don't I do want to point out I don't know if this isn't really gonna spoil anything maybe but Ludo Bagman is not in the movies yeah. really well, he, they completely cut him. his character really? and combined him with Barty Crouch yeah, they, they combine oh, okay. him. Okay, they combine him. That kind I mean, it doesn't, but I understand you have to. They combine, combine him with characters. his polar opposite. Yeah. <laughs> right. It makes exactly. no sense at all. They get, it's Barty Crouch's personality who also has Ludo Bagman's job. <laughs> that seems odd. I mean, I understand for time you do. I mean, Game of Thrones does that a lot too, from the books to the show. Like they combined a lot of characters as well. So I get it, but that. That is a I feel like one. you miss a lot not having Ludo Bagman. I feel like he brings a lot to this. Yeah. Story. Yeah. So wait, but, so in the movies, like Crouch does all of the announcing and everything too of like the yeah. World Cup and okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he seem like just such a fun guy? Yeah, no, that- <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. He's not like cast is like moody and sinister and mean all the time. Anyway. Um so Voldy Crucio's Harry for a bit. This is what I was wondering. Like, what's what's the cooldown on this? Like, is this like a 30-second timer? What are we doing here? Um, but then he's like, nah, I'm actually gonna fight you fair and square. So basically, he he wants to show his Death Eaters that Harry got lucky before. He wants to show him that he's got the biggest dick in the room. He's like, I, I gotta show my Death Eaters. This boy that defeated me before, like, ain't shit. I'm going to compare my dick to this you know, I mean, teenager's exactly. dick. I'm going to compare my dick size to this 14-year-old. <laughs> so not okay. Uh, says to untie Harry and give him back his wand, and that's the end of that chapter. That was a doozy. Um, the stuff about the Death Eaters is what really interests me, so I wanted to go through a lot of that. Um, any Anything you you guys wanted to chime in about before we move on to the final chapter here i know that there's like nothing you can say it's so hard this is <laughs> yeah. one of the worst like batches because there's so much i'm like it's just right there yeah just yeah. right around the corner yeah there's so much low-hanging fruit that when you look back you'll be like... <laughs> but yeah no about the death eaters i always think it's like really fun not fun but just like an aha moment when he's listing off the names and there is crab and goyle yeah yeah. harry has been right the whole time like all these dicks yeah yeah Yeah, and it makes sense too why they have such an allegiance to malfoy because you could assume they all grew up together right that like yeah his his dads are like i'm sure like you know, loyal to Lucius in like the same way that Crab and Goyle are like loyal to, um, you know, Malfoy and everything. So, or Draco, I guess I should say they're both Malfoy, but um, yeah, I, like I said, yeah, it's just interesting to see like all these, these faces, like get names to, you know, like the, the bad guys, the villains of, I'm sure, you know, the next th- three books or whatever. It's three books, right? Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I didn't tell you there's actually seven more. <laughs> actually, yeah, <laughs> I hate you so much. This is gonna take forever. Uh, so yeah, chapter 34. Um, Voldy's like, Yeah, we need to duel proper. Like, you've, you've been taught how to deal, duel, I presume. Um, Harry won't bow to him and he magically makes him bow. This is a real like Emperor Palpatine moment, uh, <laughs> where he's just like, fucking 
dunking on Luke, basically, but it's Voldy dunking on um, Harry. Um, Voldy is super plain with his food here. He's just he's just playing with his food. Crucio's in for a bit, and then he imperious curses him. He's trying to get him to answer him when Harry won't. Uh, but Harry breaks free. Um, this imperious curse doesn't seem like shit if like the most powerful evil wizard of all time can't make this 14 year old fucking say one word uh i i have strong so far crucio and imperius they don't impress me but we also uh, know that harry's not any average 14 year old i mean take it as you will i know we can shit on harry and be like oh harry like you think you're so great but he did survive the killing curse as a one-year-old and there is a reason you know, that he is so powerful. I mean, and... it had nothing to do with him surviving the curse, though. That was all his Look, mother. He's a victim of circumstances always. And <laughs> the victim of circumstances, uh, I guess the... he, he can wear that for a too, while. <laughs> I think, too, in this moment, you need to keep in mind the thing about the twin cores. I OK. I, yeah. I think comes into play a lot. Yeah, we'll we'll get to the twin cores thing here. That that makes sense because yeah, it's I had problems with it. I was like, okay, I guess this is the out here, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, Harry breaks free. This pisses Voldy off and he tries to uh crucio him again, but Harry dives behind a gravestone for cover and he starts playing hide and seek in the graveyard. Um, so this brought up the question. The the uh the gravestone like blocks crucio can like solid objects not block abracadabra i think they can i think they can so when moody says it's unblockable and uncounterable what he should have said was it's unblockable and uncounterable unless you're like i don't know behind a door or something <laughs> unless you're hiding <laughs> behind a gravestone so it's totally blockable is what he should have said sure. all you had to do was duck just ducking cover. <laughs> this abracadabra curse that Zach made sound like the badassest thing of all time is really falling down the power rankings here. Um, <laughs> I don't even and, know what to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got nothing. I don't think it's badass. I don't think I made it sound like it's badass. No, either. you made it sound and moody too. You and moody. It's all you guys' fault. Uh, Harry decides to go down swinging and he jumps out and uses the only spell he truly knows, Expelliarmus. Um, he does the old Expelli blast, right as Voldy does old Abracadabra. And somehow the unblockable spell is blocked yet again. And now they're in full on Goku versus Vegeta beam struggle here. <laughs> uh, Kamehameha versus Gallic Gun, baby. They're like firing it up. Um, and first, like when I first read this, I was like, okay, what is this bullshit? Expelliarmus <laughs> can block fucking Abracadabra after all that shit we heard about it. But then I was like, okay, this has to have something to do. Once Harry starts hearing the Phoenix song, I was like, oh yeah, isn't his wand a Phoenix tail feather or something? This has to have something to do with their wands being bros. Um, <laughs> so bros. They're, they're smash bros. Um their wands are connected by a golden light, and this turns into a cage of, like, golden energy around them. The Death Eaters are freaking out, and Voldy's like, do nothing. I gotta show this kid how big my dick is. 
I have to prove to you that I'm I'm the best, baby. Uh, don't do anything. Um, Harry, this is where Harry hears the Phoenix song, and something tells him not to break the connection. And then he concentrates real hard and pushes his Kamehameha back at Voldy. Uh, yeah, this this has to have something to do with their wands being connected or whatever. Voldy's like shocked by this. He's like, what the fuck is happening? Um, <laughs> this is where after all this shit gets really wild. We just go. The train is fully off the rails here at this point. Uh, all of Voldy's wands previous spells start coming out. Um, first we get the robot hand that he gave, uh, uh, what's his name? And Edgar. then, yeah. And then shade forms of people he's, well, or not even he's killed. Just any old person is killed with his wand, uh, which is Cedric, old Frank, Bertha. And then of course, Harry's parents come last. My question is what's, what's the time limit on this? Why did it stop at Harry's parents? Because that was 13 years ago. I'm sure he killed a bunch of people 13 years ago. Why weren't like hundreds of people popping out here? Um, riddle me that, Zach. Well, it's it's in order. And soon after his dad comes out, like it's in reverse order of the spell. Right, right. Obviously, like you get that. Um, soon after his dad comes out, he's like, okay, you ready? We're going to break the connection. <laughs> yeah, Three, two, one. Like, like, that's all we need. So. We're good now. I'm out yeah. here. Who gives a shit about the rest I of them? It's like, let's wait for your dad. And I love how that was Lily's line. It's like, oh, yeah. she didn't say, hi, how are you, son? Right. She's like, your dad's coming. Yeah, she's like, your dad's <laughs> on his way. Okay, you thanks, just wait Mom. until your father gets home, young man. Um, yeah. Voldy is like, what the actual fuck? He is freaking out now. Um, <laughs> I wrote I this down. I think in this I... moment, they... This might be like the first time Harry and Voldemort are both looking at each other with the same like. Yeah, what they're both the like. <laughs> Do you know? know what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, we're just doing this beam this struggle supposed here. Supposed to happen? Yeah. Um, my my guy, old Frank, comes out, and he gets a moment to shine here. He's like, "Oh shit, he was a real wizard then." <laughs> Kill me, that one, dude. You fight him, boy. I love old Frank so much. Best character in the book, for sure. Uh, I, I just want to see... They don't describe, like, how the shades really do anything here at the end. I really would have loved to get a full description about old Frank, like, throwing hands at Voldemort. Like, because he's not a wizard nothing. He's got, it like, his walking stick or something, I'm sure. I just want to see him go ham in his little smoke form on Voldemort. That's all I want in this world. It's like the little, uh, like the ghosts in uh, in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, oh, the Gotenks. Go yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except just an old man, like, like hobbling his way up to Voldemort to try and punch him. That's, that's all I want to know. That's what I need. Uh, so Harry's dad is, is telling him, he's like, when the connection is broken, we will linger for only moments, but we will give you time. You must get to the port key. It will return you to Hogwarts. Do you understand Harry? Harry's like, yeah, I got it. I got it. I'm cool. You're good. Uh, he breaks the connection and runs his leg somehow works perfectly fine now. Um, that was all fucked up before. It's it's just the adrenaline, dude. Yeah, he didn't have the adrenaline before when he could have <laughs> ran from Pettigrew, but you know, whatever. It's just the uh, adrenaline, dude. <laughs> the, the adrenaline also like lets him bowl over three grown ass adult Death Eaters too. Uh, 
Harry makes a mention of how there's around 30 of them here at some point, and somehow 30 Death Eaters can't hit him with a single spell as Voldy is, like, screaming at them to stun him. Um, They're like stormtroopers. Yeah, they have real (laughs) stormtrooper aim. Because there's only, what, four of these shade fuckers here? There's no way, like, they can be blocking 30 wizards' attacks. Right, Cedric, Frank, and his there's two There's five, because there's Bertha. Bertha as well. Oh, I forgot about Bertha. Yeah, nobody yeah. remembers Bertha. But I mean, it's Harry. He's, he's yeah. a sly little he's, sneaky sneaker. He's got sneaker. plot armor, is what he's got. <laughs> he's got some major main character plot armor here. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. But yeah, uh, Voldy's screaming, like, stun him, stun him. I have to kill him myself to prove to you how cool I am. Um, Harry grabs Cedric. Oh, Cedric also said, like, during this whole beam struggle he's like hey grab my body please take it back to my parents be a pal and grab cedric's body as boldy closes in and then he then he uses the old accio summons the cup back to him it works for him again and he gets warped back and that's it that's the end of the chapter and where we're leaving off for today that is all i have read i know nothing else obviously I know that's what a fucking cliffhanger, man. That was a journey. That was a real journey. I know. I feel like I have to go finish reading the book because <laughs> I just got way just reinvested again in it. Um yeah. yeah, this this chapter was pretty cool. Like I was about to I was I was all ready to th- come in here and just throw an absolute fit about this unblockable spell being blocked by Expelliarmus. Um but is it blocked? I don't think it's actually blocked. It's like they connected. I know? mean, it's, it's that's basically blocking it. It's slowing it at the very. <laughs> God damn it, Zach! Uh, it's slowing it at the very least, and he shoots it back up Boldy's tip, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> I know I what you mean, but it's yeah. like again, it's the the connection of the wand cores. Right. If like nobody thinks about this when they're talking about blocking abracadabra, as you call it. Nobody yeah. is anticipating that the person who is cursing them with this is going to have a core that has the same the bros feather. Yeah. Right. So I think under normal circumstances this would not happen. It's only because Harry has his plot armor and he has his wand that's right. connected to Voldemort's wand. Well, also now I know according to you guys that, you know, just like ducking behind a desk will do the job of blocking just fine too so i don't know i don't know anymore maybe, I mean, maybe you don't need would you want it to be able to go through well solid objects no i don't but don't tell me it's unblockable then i mean like you can't like cast a spell to defend it okay they're in defense that. against the dark arts so they're talking <laughs> about like what you can do and it's called Running and hiding behind. Yeah, exactly. The defense against yeah. the dark arts should be like, yeah, bring a riot shield or something with you. I don't know. <laughs> Captain America's shield. Yeah, bring Captain America's shield. You'll be fine. You'll be totally fine. Vibranium you know, just, does nothing for a It's totally cool. It's totally cool. You'll be fine. Um, yeah, I listen. I was, I was, like I said, I was a real about to get real hot and bothered by this, but. You know, the wrinkle with his wand being Voldy's brother wand, we finally get the kind of the payoff from that, or at least some of it from old creepy Ollivander talking about it in the first book. So I'm cool with that. I like that. 
I'm glad that we there is some sort of meaning and payoff behind that. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I'm hoping I'll find out more about, I assume I have to find out more about whoever this faithful Death Eater is at Hogwarts by the end of this book. Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, we're finishing the book in the next in our next yeah, batch, right? It's only like four more three, chapters, three, I think. Four chapters, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, you might be right. So yeah, I, I hope I get more on that because um, I just want to, you know, fill in the puzzle pieces. Be like, okay, three. This is Karkle. This is Snape. Who's the third? That kind of thing, and then put those pieces together. But I know you guys can't say anything. Um, <laughs> it's so hard. As much as you want to. <laughs> That was I mean, like, just go read it difficult. now. Please just go read it. Yeah. Very, very difficult because the whole time I was like looking at Zach and Sam and we're all making the same yeah, face because like, we're all uh, thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> I will say you will have your puzzle pieces filled in for this book by the end. Okay. Good. But then you'll get more, like, more. Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> that's, that's how this goes. Um, yeah, I, I I also liked how there was a little bit of payoff with not like full payoff because I still want to know the angle of it. Well, what why are the Dursleys doing it? I understand why Dumble wants Harry to be there with him so badly, but I still think there has to be some kind of big treasure or payoff for the Dursleys in the end because them like Harry like blowing up his aunt and then them just being like, no, yeah, we'll take him back this summer. It's cool. It's just like doesn't make any sense. So. I, I want to know whatever the other angle is for that. Um, but at least I know now why Dumble was so like, oh, yeah, it'll totally be cool if he lives with these assholes. It's totally fine against McGonagall and Hagrid I'm so glad I can finally take a breath on that fucking argument because, I mean, every book you bring it up because I it do. starts off there. Every <laughs> they book. suck. They suck so bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll say this. Sam and I obviously knew about that. And we still complained right? <laughs> about See, that's why what I'm the saying. hell he's there. Yeah. I still think Dumble should just figure it out. You're this cool wizard man. I, do it. Just do it. I don't care. Figure it out, Dumble. Anyway, that's all I got. What do you man. guys got? I'm just excited to keep <laughs> listening and see where you guys land with this and keep following your discussion I, on it. It's I'm so fun. curious as to what how how scott is going to process the last several chapters of this book i am yeah. i just i just can't wait to see him like he's he's very good at picking up on stuff so like you yes. said he's a very intentional reader so um thank you yeah no i think <laughs> it's it's yeah commend yourself pat yourself on the back it's pretty good i will say you know you're are full on man you know reading whereas <laughs> we read these probably as like 12 year olds <laughs> right right zach you loves know, picking when up I... on a lot that right. a lot of people don't pick up on the first time they read these if they're a child but zach loves when i talk about them being kids books. yeah i i had i had to tell scott that when when young tom riddle like did the anagram of tom marvolo riddle mm-hmm. and like switched it to i am lord of Voldemort. I, I like that blew my fucking tiny little 12 year old brain, dude. I was so like, oh, meanwhile, my I'm like, this is the corniest thing I've ever read in my entire also, life. Also, you have to keep in mind again, same thing with the Ron thing. Sure. Like, Tom oh, Riddle was, no. here we go. Back to Ron. He was a teenager when he did that. 
Yeah, but Tom Riddle was a fucking cool teenager. Not cool, but like he had his shit together. He so, did. He did. I'm excited. I think I'm most excited to hear because, yeah, I agree with you. Like they are children's books, at least the first three and a half. Yeah, in my the first one but especially. After this, like they're not. And it seems that way. Yeah, it's a lot, and so I'm. I think I'm most excited to hear when you get to Half Blood Prince. I'm. Ex- I'm really excited to hear that one. That what, what is your all favorite book? Right? Mine is the third one. Oh, okay. same as Zaki Poo's. No, that's not my favorite. My favorite is Half Blood. <laughs> I always say that. You're such a bitch. <laughs> uh, my favorite goes back and forth, but I usually always end up on Deathly Hollows, but closely followed oh, by interesting. Prisoner of Azkaban. Interesting. Wow. That... Because, see, ever since I've been... I kind of enjoyed Azkaban in the moment, but the more I thought about it after I was done with it, like it's like falling down my rankings. Like I and I Zach has said, like, oh, there's so much that it sets up, and I'm sure I'll probably see stuff later, but like it would be third right now for me. I, I think the I've difference only read is four like, books. We're we're looking like all three of us are looking at it as like what what did the book bring to the table as far right. as like what we love about in a the completed story? series right. that you've right. seen mm-hmm. the whole and you sure. Scott is such a prisoner of Azkaban. Um, it can be a standalone book in a lot of ways, and but he doesn't know sure. that yet. Yeah, but you don't know that yet. But you you'll figure it out. And I think like you'll look back and if you decide to reread, if that's the thing, <laughs> that one always stands out to me because it is very different from sure. the others well, and it's the one where harry finds out that he has a connection to somebody a lot dad. of his questions are answered in that book so yeah that's true that's true it doesn't we'll have lockhart though why. so <laughs> any book that doesn't have lockhart automatically gets oh, yeah you're a lockhart fan oh, which is like love him so problematic for yeah. some <laughs> i don't even know if we have time to like Unpack we, this. we shouldn't get into the whole Lockhart debate. No. I just think he's like the funniest character that has ever existed in this series. He is he's, he is a lot of fun. He's, I, he's amusing, he, I, I guess, he, but yeah, I mean, listen, I don't like him for any reasons other than he made me laugh a lot. It's not like, oh, you know, if you really look at him, he has a phenomenal <laughs> character arc. Nah, I, all I care about character. is him just throwing cocaine parties and summoning these dwarves <laughs> and oh it's all good stuff i love lockhart um but anyway yeah um anything else we sh- should wrap up here with zach or uh sam emily why don't you tell uh our listeners where they can find you guys at yep so you can find us anywhere that you get your podcast on apple podcast spotify literally anywhere we also have a website where our episodes are uploaded onto. And we have social media where you can follow us at HB Half Drunk on Instagram and Twitter. And we also have a Facebook account, Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast and Facebook group. So literally just Google us and you will find it. Yeah, we got <laughs> well, a lot I'll, I'll put some links down in the, uh, in the description <laughs> of the episode for sure. But if you go to our website, that's kind of our central hub. We have links to anywhere you can find us. Cool. That's awesome. We, we appreciate you guys doing this so much. This, yeah. this was this so was fun. fun. And yeah, it was refreshing was to like let somebody else uh, <laughs> fight the battle, fight the good fight, you know. 
someone who has good arguments um, for a change. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know if we brought anything more than Zach could to the table. Oh, but no. We appreciate it, and it was fun, and I empathize with you when it comes to having to edit all of this together. So good oh, luck boy. with that. Yeah, that's going to be fun. <laughs> um, I definitely think, you know, uh, no, no promises. Obviously, things happen, but I, I would like to do – I don't know if we want to do one in between now and the end, but like once the series is wrapped up for sure, like uh, having you guys back to just kind of, you know, see how things have changed. And like, then you can be like, oh, you were on this and this and you were so wrong about this. And, you know, just give me hell for it because that would be a lot of fun. So, yeah, that sounds awesome. Definitely. I also just good luck. With reading it. <laughs> Thank you. You're going to experience a lot of emotions. All right. That I, you didn't listen, know you had. That's, you know what? I'm I'm all for hear that. If the, if the book can make me get up in my feels. Right. I, Isn't this the point? It. We we got to bring him over to actually feel something that's, about Harry Potter. That's the general idea. I, suppose. Hey, I say, idea. you know, because I have brought a lot of people over to the dark side, if you will. Um, of Ron? <laughs> of the series. <laughs> And my biggest advice is to read it with an open mind. Um, sure. Not possible. Because for I Scott. think, ouch. <laughs> I just think there are a lot of times you could like poke holes in it, but you can do that with anything, like yeah. absolutely anything. Listen, I, and I think, I was just going to say, I do like to poke holes, but I try to keep as open a mind as possible also. So only with yeah. consent do you poke holes. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> man sam's like that one hurt that was so bad that was physically painful. so many bro jokes the last two hours of my life yeah <laughs> you'll never get them back either sorry yeah no they're gone <laughs> they're gone forever yep well that's gonna do it for this episode of we don't want to harry potter sam and emily you guys were fantastic to have on the show we truly appreciate you guys taking some time to hang out with us and I think we've got Scott leaning in the right direction, so hopefully this continues to be smooth sailing with him from now on. Like I said, the description box for this episode will tell you where to find Sam and Emily. Be sure to go give them some love, support Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast. They're doing some great stuff over there. Once again, thank you so much, Sam and Emily, and our listeners, we'll see you next time. Bye.